0: Hello, and welcome into Coach's Corner, a brand new podcast brought to you by LKSportstalk.com. And I'm here, and you'll see the shows in a new format from what it previously was, ATLK. That's because I want to do a little bit of rebranding, change the show up a little bit from a more singular city to a broad spectrum of every sport, every big headline topic I can talk about. You know, have a more over overarching show that i can umbrella a lot more into instead of just the atlanta sports scene and don't get me wrong i love that you'll see my biases come out regardless but you know we'll change up won't hurt anyone i thought this would be the best way to do it and it'll be a daily podcast going monday to friday that is the hope and you know recording times will vary but you'll tell i'll be able to you know Tell you kind of what's happening each and every day, you know. I feel good about this. I'm looking forward to this. So please, enjoy and welcome to Coach's Corner. With that, I'm here to welcome you into Coach's Corner. The date is July 11th, 2022, and it's a pleasure to have you here on a nice Monday afternoon. Recorded this night before, so you know it'll come out relatively early, but it doesn't change the fact there shouldn't be any breaking news. And like I said, daily show, so we'll get to that on Tuesday if it does happen. But I'm here. To welcome you into this show, the inaugural episode of Coach's Corner. And we're going to start off with a topic that I think is, you know, well in the mind of many college football fans. And that is conference realignment. Now, there have been a ton of things happening in college football with conference realignment. You know, it started with the first dominoes kind of in the midseason last year with Texas and Oklahoma being like hey we're going to move to the SEC. And people had their doubts, you know, the those guys won't survive in the SEC and I'm not prone to agree with that or disagree with that. We'll see how they fare when they get here. I don't think they'll be too awesome, but we'll see. I mean, they're major programs. They're much better off than probably some of the, you know, Mizzou's of the world, Vanderbilt's for sure. But in time, we'll see if they are good enough to be the SEC or if they'll just kind of flame out and become the bottom feeders, which Texas already almost is in their conference, the Big 12. But that's, you know, is what it is. It makes somewhat sense a lot. It's just a money play. That's all it is. And, you know, kind of. Went away from people's minds. You know, it's like, what's going to happen to the Big 12? Those are those two cash cows. But the Big 12 has already jumped on teams that were looking to make that leap into the power five with Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida, UCF, and BYU. Now, that's all that was all fine and dandy. A couple teams moving around, not too major. But what we found out last week. USC and UCLA, out on the West Coast there in California, are joining the Big Ten? Yes, that is correct. The West Coast boys out there on sunny California are joining the Midwest, North East kind of area of the country, Big Ten. Now, once again, I'll remind you, this is purely a money decision made by the schools. Cause let's be honest with ourselves, the Pac-Twelve has not done anything that has been remotely impressive in some time. I don't know the last time they made the college football playoff was Washington, and they got blown out by Alabama. So that that's the last memory we have of them in the college football playoff. The conference as a whole has not done anything besides Oregon, you know, making it to the top ten making it to a Rose Bowl. Utah's won, almost won the Rose Bowl against Ohio State last year. But other than, you know, coming up short in some big bowl games, Pac-12 hasn't done anything. USC's a big brand on the West Coast. UCLA is not as big, but they're big. I mean, they play in the Rose Bowl, so makes sense. Those teams have decided to jump ship from the Pac-12 and swim over to the Big Ten. And I'll let you know right now, this move is a weird one for scheduling. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how how it'll translate for a long-term plan. USC and UCLA will have to travel. Teams will have to travel there. It causes a lot of strain on the players, I think, more than they will realize now. But it's all for TV money, and that's all they care about, which is quite a shame for the kids, but... Not much he can do. And so thinking outside the Big Ten, which I'm not sure those two schools will fare in the Big Ten because they, you know, USC is trying to come back with Lincoln Riley, and UCLA hasn't been much of anything. Wow, but the, Pac- the Pac-12 conference they're coming from—it's slowly looking like it's going to dissolve. At least a lot of the teams are going to leave and. I mean, unless some of those Mountain West teams move into the Pac-12, we might be down to the Power Four conferences. Yes, that is correct. I think, speaking off the top of my head, a couple more teams were supposed to join the Big 12 from the Pac-12. You have teams such as the Arizona schools, Arizona, Arizona State. Colorado is going to join back into the Big 12. They left earlier this decade. Um, Utah, Oregon, And I believe it's Washington. Oregon State might leave as well. It's kind of all up in the air right now. Those are just rumor teams to leave. I think they're applying to join the Big 12, which I think that's a huge get for the Big 12. Big 12, like I said, they are losing their cash cows in Oklahoma and Texas. Those are their two biggest brands, two of the biggest brands in college football, you know, much less the Big 12. But they're losing those two guys, and that's a big hit. People thought maybe the Big 12 was on the way out. You know, maybe teams will join the Big Ten or Pac 12 from the Big 12, but Big is poaching off those Pac 12 schools as they see USC and UCLA leaving. And for me, a, a enjoyer of the Big 12, I'm I'm very much a fan of the offenses. I know they play no defense. I know they don't stand a chance in the SEC. I enjoy it. It's just purely fun football, and I enjoy the Pac-12 as well. But if one of the two have to go, I understand, and I'm more than welcome to live with Big 12 football still being a thing. And so that seems like a big, some big dominoes to fall there. And so speaking of other schools realigning with different conferences, there have been talks about ACC schools, a couple, four of them, Moving their sports to the SEC now, and I, you can might be able to tell now it's a domino effect. You get two major brands leaving from their mid-tier conferences to go to the Big Ten, and you have two big brands leaving to go to the SEC. You can tell there's a clear hierarchy here. There's the SEC, and step down as a Big Twelve or Big Ten. And then, like, five steps down, you have the Big 12, ACC, Pac-12. And then you step down another five steps, and there's there's all your little schools, American Conference with Cincinnati and all them. Like I said, they're leaving too, but you get the point. There's a clear hierarchy of which schools or which conferences, I would say, are making the most money, hence attracting the best schools from these mid-tier conferences. And so, like I said, the ACC is looking, or four schools from the ACC are looking to leave and go to the SEC. Now, two of them make sense. Clemson is obviously for college football purposes. And Florida State, which is also for college football purposes, but they're also good in basketball, other sports. And the other two schools are North Carolina and Virginia. You, You know, immediately... When you think about conference realignment, you always think all the all the football implications, what does that mean for the football teams. But if you think about it, Virginia and UNC, two schools that have won national championships in the past five, ten years, those are two big gets for the basketball conferences, basketball aspects of the conferences. And like I said, they've been good in other sports as well. Virginia's really good in I believe lacrosse, a couple others, like baseball. You have like North Carolina being good at. There are other sports outside of college football. Now, that'll be the one that gets brought up the most because football is king in America. But, yeah, no, that's going to be a big play here. The other conferences or the other sports that are also going into this moving, shuffling around of teams. And I posed a question, or you know, what I want to do with the show is I want to reach out to my friends. I want to have this be, you know, I want this to be a nice community where I can ask every one of my friends to come on and they're like, sure. Or I ask a question and they'll be like, sure, I'll give you an answer or a question to pose on the show. And so I asked my buddy, I was like, do you have anything I could talk about here? Just, you know, intro show. Why not, you know, bring up something at least fun, maybe, maybe serious, or, you know, something interesting that I could talk and build off of. And that leads me into this question that you asked me. What do I think Clemson's record would be if they played in the SEC? Now, I'll remind you, Clemson's record last year, I believe they went 10-3 and off the top of my head. They had losses to Georgia, I believe Pittsburgh, Oh, and I want to say another school, but I can't. It's blanking on me right now. I Was it NC State? It might have been NC State. Don't quote me on that. But point is, Clemson, let's say they do join the SEC in football. How would they do? Now, we've seen Clemson, obviously, in the past five years, have success against SEC schools. Their rival is an SEC school in South Carolina. You know, it's weird. It's not very big rivalry. Like, it's not even Florida, Florida State. Clearly not Auburn, Alabama. You know, I'd say even I'd say it's on the level like Tennessee, Tennessee, Kentucky. You know, it's it's you know they're there, they're close. They know each other pretty well, but and they hate each other. Sure, those two fan bases do hate each other but that doesn't mean the country knows they hate each other. But sure enough, they do, and they do play, and Clemson has clearly been the winner much much to their ease the past couple years. And then you have the games against Alabama, all those national championships. Trevor Lawrence going in as a freshman and beating them pretty easily. Deshaun Watson winning that thriller of a game. Brendan, I hope you're listening to this. My One of my buddies, he's an Alabama fan. God, I hate Alabama so much as a Georgia fan, but it was pretty awesome to see Clemson win those games. I enjoyed it very much. But I do have to mention they did lose, I believe, I believe they did lose one. which They had Kelly Bryant in quarterback. God, what a name that is. Kelly Bryant, if I'm not mistaken, he went to go try out for some teams I don't think he did anything. No, 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 no. I back it up. I back up what I'm saying here right now. He transferred to Mizzou. He transferred from Clemson after Trevor Lawrence came in, beat him out. Transferred to Mizzou. He did diddly squat with Mizzou, and I, I don't even remember if he made like an, any like NFL tryout or anything. Like. He had to be one of the sorriest quarterbacks to ever make the college football playoff. And I'm looking it up right now, and fun fact, (laughs) he he plays in the fan-controlled football league. (laughs) Ooh. For those of you that don't know what the fan-controlled football league is, it is a league on Twitch, which is a video game streaming service. They do more than video games, but that's what they're known for. Basically, fans can, like, I think they can pick plays for the team to run, like a set amount of plays or whatever. And this is the same league that Johnny Manziel and Terrell Owens are on the same team in. And Terrell Owens is playing football right now. No one knows it, but he is. Johnny Manziel is also playing football right now, but no one knows it. So that's where Kelly Bryant is right now. So, wow. Shocker they didn't win that national championship. Oh, man. But those are the only... I mean, like I said, Clemson played Georgia this past year. They lost in a close game, which, looking back, should not have been close. But it was an early, early, you know, in the season for Georgia. But let me go... Let me track back here. And so the system that... Let's say... Let's just drop Clemson into the SEC East. For argument's sake... Drop them in the SEC East. We'll move. Let's say a storm. A tsunami came and wiped out Vanderbilt. It came through it jumped over all the states to get to Nashville and it destroyed Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's off the face of the earth. Nashville's still there somehow, because they're crazy. I don't I don't know. The bars are still packed and they got to higher ground, I guess. So it jumped like around the actual downtown part of Nashville and it destroyed Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is gone. They have to rebuild. So they don't have a football team. Oh, wow. Shocker. They didn't before, but now they really don't. So you take Clemson, pick him up, drop him into the SEC East. Now, they obviously last year had a really bad down year with DJ Ukulele, who was not the guy. People had him as like a top pick going next year. It's it like last, at the beginning of last season, they had him as the top pick for like next draft cycle here. Ladies and gentlemen, that guy has got a lot to work on. He has to figure out his life. He has to see Jesus or a quarterback guru, something like that. He's stunk, but that offense was really bad under him and Clemson and now they just lost Brett Venables to Oklahoma he's a head coach there and he you know he was kind of like he was holding out there for a while just being the defensive coordinator for a championship level team but now he's over at Oklahoma calling plays for them on defense and so we'll see we'll see if Clemson's defense is up for the task now that they're in the SEC But, you know, the offense has a lot to figure out. They've always kind of been very vanilla. They've just managed to have NFL quarterbacks. You know, and Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, which is pretty helpful if I do say so myself. And so, drop them in in the SEC East after a down season. And they play Kentucky first. Let's say they play Kentucky first. Well, dang, Kentucky's really kind of... Kentucky's really kind of pushing them there. Oh, man, Kentucky's really been in a good program lately. They've kind of turned around their football into being a respectable team. Man, Chris Rodriguez, the running back, just ran over a Clemson linebacker. Oh, no. Oh, man, they just lost. Wow. Wow, Clemson just lost to Kentucky in their first ever SEC game? No, this can't be. They were just a national powerhouse. Will Levis just threw for 200 yards and three touchdowns. They got an interception, so that's pretty good for the defense. But, man, Clemson really stunk it up there. Oh, well, so that's, you know, chalk it up. It's just it's the first game in Kentucky. Like I said, it's a good program. So they go into Mizzou. Oh, man, they just steamrolled Mizzou. Mizzou's not much of a program right now. They they've have to figure out some stuff they've been dealing with um they oh they just went to they just went to south carolina normally they play at the end of the season i guess they're doing it week three i don't know oh man they just knocked off south carolina wow They traveled to tennessee oh tennessee man that running gun offense that's that new thing is really crazy but man this defense like we said we saw him challenge kentucky a little bit oh wow he's got pick six on hinden hooker tennessee's quarterback Man, it looks like Clemson is going to win this game. So at this point, they're three and one. Two, they're yeah three and one right now. Or two and two, two and two. My bad, my bad. No, no. Man, trying to do this off the top of my head is really, really not working here. No, they're three and one. They beat Mizzou, Tennessee, South Carolina. Lost to Kentucky in the opener. Well, man, now they have to go to Athens. The noise levels bothering them. They just had three false starts to start the game. They're like Arkansas right now. Yeah, no, they didn't stand a chance there. They just lost to Georgia. They have a inter, you know, sectional game or inter conference game, but on the other side, they gotta go to Auburn. Man, turns out Auburn is a pretty good little team this year. I don't know, It might be one of those fluky national championships they get every five years or four years, you know. I don't know. But Auburn just beat them. Mississippi State comes to Clemson. They do beat Mississippi State who is weirdly fun to watch but really bad. I don't I don't know what they're doing. LSU comes to Clemson. And wow, they got a lot of talent, but not at quarterback. Can't seem to figure out the quarterback after Joe Burrow. Ugh, been ugly. So we'll call that two losses, six wins. Sure, why not? I, we'll add, we'll add on like an FCS sprinkle win. They go and they play, they only not play in Florida in Florida. A lot of weirdos are doing the chomp, you know. Ah, ah, go, go Gators! Like, all right, right. like, I, they're not like LSU, but you know, they're still, they're still scraggly Gainesville people. Who knows about them? Well, they did get a win there. But it was not not an impressive one, not an impressive one at all. But they have one more game, and you know, funny enough, it's in the ACC. They have to go to the ACC, go play another like a rival game here, out of conference, and they end up playing Miami under Mario Cristobal, who just is, who's like throwing money to kids. Kids are just coming like, oh man, it's it is it's like a crazy. It's like a, it's a nice Houston club at night. I'll just leave it at that. Nice gentleman's club, but you know he's throwing money everywhere. The money's going out to the kids. Wow, they're getting paid a lot of money. That's a lot of four stars, a lot of five stars there in Miami, and they just beat, they just beat Clemson. And so they go, they get a mid-tier bowl. I, I give him a Peach Bowl. We'll give them a Peach Bowl. Why not? That's that's a good bowl for them. And sure enough, they have to play a Big Ten school. Ooh, they gotta play Big Ten School. Whoa. And they end up playing Michigan, who had a pretty okay year. Not definitely not what they was last year with Aiden Hutchinson, I'll tell you that much. But Jim Harbaugh's got a decent quarterback there. A decent running game. Pretty mean defensive line. I don't know why. They always get good defensive linemen, at least, you know, pretty good players. And so it turns out Clemson just lost to Michigan. How did how did Clemson just lose to Michigan? I don't know how that happened. Uh, DJ Ugalele threw four picks, that's how. They have a good safety over there on Michigan just intercepting DJ left and right as he stares down his receiver. And so we're playing out the scenario. I figured, you know, have a, have a fun go through the season how I think it would go for them. And shockingly, they went nine games. I, I if you want to, hey, anyone can go back and go do the math and come yell at me. I'm, I'm going to just chalk it up as they won nine games, lost four. Say, let's say they lost four for argument's sake. They, they lost out of conference, the sprinkle game at the end of the year. They just turned the ball over 14 times because DJ Uglali stinks. He stinks out loud. Um, yeah, no, Clemson went 9-4 and four in their first season in the SEC. And now, I, like I said, I'll say it's the SEC East. I don't think they do that in the SEC West. I think they would lose to Texas A&M. I don't think they would fare very well against Ole Miss, who I think they could beat, but it's more of a 50-50 game. Um, I don't think they beat Arkansas. I think Arkansas, as constructed this year, I think Sam Pittman has them going in a very good direction. So Sam Pittman has them moving trending the right way. I think they I think they do a good job and beat Clemson there. Yeah, that's not not a fantastic showing from the old school there in old nowhereville Clemson, but you know, they're they're a team that has a you know high standard now that they've won some national championships. They have that fraudulent piece of garbage. Dabo Sweeney is their coach. Real wishy-washy piece of garbage. I do not like that man. Mm, he rubs me the wrong way. He stinks. He stinks out loud. So you might be able to tell I'm not a Clemson fan, but yeah. What can you do? So, I mean, like I said, I think Clemson, I think Clemson comes to the SEC. They kind of play like a Texas A&M role where they have such a high standard for how they should be. But in reality, they win nine, ten games on a really good season because they're not playing those awful ACC schools. Half those ACC schools, they're a joke. Georgia Tech, um, oh, was I can't even think of them. Syracuse, North Carolina, Duke are basketball schools. Miami hasn't been back in a while, but they did just beat Clemson this season. I don't know if y'all heard. Florida State has been awful recently. Virginia Tech really is off and on. Virginia's really kind of off and on. Wake Forest just now had a good season. Pittsburgh, North Carolina State, which are two teams that beat Clemson last year. So, they're just not it's not a conference where you're really really challenging yourself. You're you're winning games because you're just that much better. And when you do win close games, it's cuz you just were that much worse. But I you know, standard is the standard, you gotta play to your competition. And so I think that's a good place to transition to some fun hot topics around the sports world. A big day for I guess my tennis goat. Oh, listen, I'll let you know right now. Not a tennis guy. I just am not tennis guy. I can't can't get into it, you know, just Yeah, that's tennis. That's tennis for you every game. And, and oh, the green ball just hit past the guy on the net. Yeah, no, not a big tennis guy, but we all know the names Nadal, Federer, Jokovic. Those three are monsters on the grass, hardwood. What I don't know, I don't know tennis. I'm trying here, though, folks. I'm trying, but Novak, Yojo, ah, Novak, Jokovic. That's the name. Wins his, I believe, seventh Wimbledon. Anyway, the Joker is my favorite tennis player. He's my tennis goat. He's such a monster. Whoa, let's go Serbia? I don't know where he's from. Still, regardless, a great win for him. You just love to see it. You'll love to see it for the greats. I think, now, I'm a notorious LeBron hater, a notorious Tom Brady hater. To a degree, I respect the greatness But when there's a person who's particularly great at their sport that you can't find a reason to hate too much, you got to take the opportunity and appreciate the greatness. I think that's the case here with Mr. Novak Djokovic. Congrats to him on winning Wimbledon. Now, going on to some baseball news. We have a big development here in Atlanta with the NL East. So the Marlins played the Mets. Marlins should have won another game. It should be a .5 lead. But the Marlins won today, beat the Mets, and the Braves went on to beat the AA team there in Washington, the Nationals, in extras, thanks to Austin Riley. And so now the Braves are a half game, one and a half, one and a half game behind the New York Mets, who had a t- hmm, double-digit lead of the division six weeks ago. Yeah, that math works. Ten and a half games, they were up six weeks ago. That lead is now down to one and a half. The Braves have fought all the way back. They've been playing incredible baseball last month, heading into this month. Just got to clean some things up here with starters, bullpen guys here and there. And this team is a wagon. They are a force to be reckoned with. So I'll read the rankings right now as it stands on today. Dodgers are in first place Um, you have the Mets the Brewers as division leaders Braves Padres and Phillies the Phillies have snuck into that last wild card spot even despite losing Bryce Harper who was playing incredible baseball for them earlier in the season the Phillies have found themselves in that last wild card spot I believe they're like four games ahead of the Cardinals and Giants so look out, look out for the Giants to be big sellers at the trade deadline. You know, they have a lot of older guys. Jock Pearson's on Jock Pearson's playing really good. He's on a one-year deal. So they might sell some guys off if they continue to slide here. The Cardinals are just they're just not a good team, folks. You know, they have a lot, they have a lot of good players. Goldschmidt is an MVP candidate. Nolan Arenado's out of his mind. He's an all-star starter. We'll get into that in a little bit here. Or all-star reserve. We'll get into that a little bit, but yeah. No, they've been sliding in the loser column. The Phillies have been beating them. The Braves beat them. So they find themselves, Phillies find themselves in that seventh wildcard spot. So good for them. In the AL, you have the Yankees on top, followed by the Astros, the Twins, and then the Red Sox, who are playing the Yankees as we speak currently. Then the Rays and the Blue Jays. But the most fun development in baseball: the Baltimore Orioles winning eight games in a row to nip on the heels of the Blue Jays and Rays. Now, don't look too fast. Like the the the, the Orioles might be a team to watch sneak up on the Blue Jays or the Rays. Now, I can't see it happening. Those two teams just seem to be just better. But the AL wild card is a lot more murkier there at the bottom than you would think it was. But that is just the reality there. Like I said, the All Star game is here, gonna be next weekend, and we got some guys here. I'll list out starters and some of the reserves that are notable. We got Alejandro Kirk from the Blue Jays as catcher. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the first baseman. Jose Altuve second, Rafael Devers third, shortstop Tim Anderson, Aaron Judge in the outfield, Mike Trout, Giancarlo Stanton, and Shohei Otani as the designated hitter. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Aaron Judge was the leading vote getter. That's just off the top of my head, assuming that, you know, the Yankees brand. Now on to the NL. We have Wilson Contreras from the Cubs as the catcher, Paul Goldschmidt at first, second Jazz Chisholm, third Manny Machado, shortstop Trey Turner, should be Dansby Swanson, outfield Ronald Acuna Jr., who is the leading vote getter, Mookie Betts, and Jock Peterson. Designated hitter is Bryce Harper, but due to injury, William Contreras, Wilson's brother from the Braves as well, also gets in. So a very, very fun development there, you know, seeing a couple of deserving guys, you know, I think, like I said, Paul Goldschmidt is the clear and obvious guy that I like saw. Uh, we got a couple other names here, some reserves I'll note here. You have, I'll say, oh, here, the pitchers, we got a couple pitchers. Mm-mm-mm. Garrett Cole somehow made it. Clay Holmes, Nestor Cortez, three Yankees pitchers made it, which is seems like a lot when you have Dylan Cease there on the White Sox, who's been much better in a bunch of statistics than those guys, but to each their own, you know. Sh- Shohei Atani also there's a pitcher, he's just Mr. Do It All. Shane McClellan from the Rays, who's been awesome. Then in the NL, You have guys like Sandy Alcantara, Corbin Burns, Edwin Diaz as a reliever, Tony Gonsolin, Max Freed, Clayton Kershaw, Joe Musgrove. Plenty of deserving guys. Really good players. Now I'll say some catchers. From Atlanta, you have Travis Darnot made it. Uh, You had Dansby Swanson made it rightfully as a shortstop. And yeah, no, I mean, that's. A lot of the names I wanted to shout out, um, those guys all made it as you know, All-Stars guys. I think a lot of deserving players. Um, some guys missed out on it. Uh, you're going to notice I'm just going to say Braves players because, I mean, like I said, I'm a Braves fan. I'm an Atlanta fan. Of course I'm going to say Braves guys. Austin Riley got snubbed. I think he's been great hitter for the Braves all year. Leads the team in home runs. But, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado. It's the only reason why I'm not mad about it. It's because those guys have been great, you know. Austin will get there in due time. But, you for now, that's okay. So, moving on, I'll just quickly hit on the Baker to Carolina news. That happened last week or over the weekend. That doesn't scare me. Baker Mayfield doesn't scare me as an Atlanta Falcons fan. Now, do I think he could be a good player, good option? Yeah. Yeah, I think he has a chance to be a successful player there. Do I think it's going to happen? No, because he has been McAdoo as his offensive coach, offensive coordinator. I don't know if Matt Rule knows what he's doing outside of a buffet. I just don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. So Baker Mayfield was kind of a buy low candidate. I think that's what the Carolina Panthers did. Just to, you know, at least get another guy in there to compete with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold stinks as well. Probably the worst starter in the league. Could potentially be, because I mean, we just know what these guys are. We've seen plenty of them. I think Baker's a little bit of a different case because he was hurt a lot of last year. But I don't know. So. I think you know that's just it's an interesting move. We'll see how it plays out. If he wins, it's a great redemption story. He's kind of a um, he's kind of a big deal, I would say, for um, being the underdog. He's a big underdog guy. Always what has been walked on. It would he walk on at Oklahoma? Went to Texas Tech, came back to Oklahoma, won the Heisman, went to the College Football Playoff. You know, he's a great story. If you get the good baker, but that's the thing. You don't know if you're getting the good baker or the bad baker. And right now, the, like I said, the stock is low, so the Panthers bought low. You know, I don't i don't know if I foresee it being a good move, but that's why you make a move like that is because maybe he gives you something that you didn't expect, and now you just look like a better team. Maybe, maybe you push for a playoff spot. He won't do anything, but Maybe, you know, it's it's a lot of, maybe you do this. It, it's nothing concrete. You're not selling out for a guy. And the Browns just, you know, they move on. Browns move on to have that nasty man as their quarterback. Now he probably is going to get suspended. So Jacoby Brissett will be the guy there. They're just going to try and run a passable offense with Jacoby Brissett, which is, all you can really ask for. It's it's not a it's not a great option. It just isn't. But you know, you do what you can with uh, you know, when you have a a nasty man on your team. So yeah. Ah, oh, God, I hate the Browns. I hate the Browns so much for that because they just they pay two hundred and thirty million here, we're we're gonna do the Deshaun Watson randy They paid two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed. To a guy that had 22 allegations in 17 months. He saw 66 massage therapists. The Houston Texans knew about this. They sent NDAs to these women to sign in case their guy did anything wrong. Excuse me? Does that sound like a normal thing for any player to do? Arian Foster went on a couple of podcasts, part of my take, people know it. He went on there and said he had three massage therapists, I think throughout his eight years in the league. Deshaun Watson went through 66 and 17 months. Are you kidding me? That's an astronomical number. It's an awful number to think about. Imagine 66 people in one room. That's like that's two classroom full of children in high school. I mean, that's it's an absurd number. He's an absurd human being for being that nasty. I can't I can't believe that he got paid two hundred and thirty million. And the Browns knew this. Everyone's saying like, well, we investigated him thoroughly. Well, then why did you take a chance on a guy that has twenty two allegations? Just because he can throw a football good doesn't mean you can. You have to go get him. Even with his pass, his pass is really bad. That's really not good. Big Ben did an awful thing to a woman and got four games. Deshaun Watson did this to twenty-two women, and he might what get ten games, six win- Are you kidding me? It's insane. It's insane, and it it kills me that the Falcons even tried to do it, ran out the best quarterback in franchise history. Mm, It fires me up. I'm going to be doing nothing but rooting for the worst for Deshaun Watson. Screw him. Screw Deshaun Watson. He'll never hear this, so I can say whatever I want. I hate Deshaun Watson. He stinks. He's a giant bozo. Good luck in Cleveland. Cleveland Rocks yeah right Here we'll transition to a much lighter note the NHL draft was a thing this past week I'm not going to act like I know the NHL draft I'm not going to act like I can pronounce even half the kids names that are coming over from Russia and a lot of a lot of countries that name or names end with the letter A I'm not going to pretend to pronounce any of them Instead, we're going to do a fun tier list. Now, here, I'll set the scene here since I'm not a video. I'm not doing a video like on YouTube where you can see my screen or anything. I am not that high tech, but I can talk you through this. We'll do a couple of these tier lists. You know, I might bring on some friends. We'll do them together. You know, we'll do a whole thing. And so the tier goes as if there's S. A, B, C, D, and Hell tier. Now listen, S is the absolute cream of the crop. S is way above the rest. A is a really strong one, but you know, they're not crazy or anything. B is, you know, pretty classic, but now I wouldn't claim them as like the best. And then C is average. D is, I'd rather not. And Hell tier... I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It's hell. It's not good. It's not very good at all. I don't I just do not appreciate them at all. And so S tier, I'll start off the San Jose Sharks. Come on, guys. The shark has a hockey stick in his mouth. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I think the colors are classic. I think a black and aqua blue. I don't know what blue that is, but it's it's a great blue. I think for combining it with black. Like I said, the shark has a hockey stick in its mouth. Come on. The second one, I have the Pittsburgh Penguins, classic black and gold for Pittsburgh. It is a staple, whether you like it or not. The Pirates, Steelers, Penguins. Those, I think more teams or more cities should do that, where they incorporate all the colors kind of together. I mean, Atlanta kind of does that with the red, at least. They've never really been all on the same, you know, same line as like Pittsburgh teams have. I mean, come on. The penguin is skating. It has a hockey stick. Now, you'll see, it's not all like this animal has a hockey stick. That's not how everything goes, but it's a pretty cool thing when it looks good. Second on the S tier or third on the S tier, the Minnesota Wild. Now, it's a bear. Pretty cool. But the bear inside, it's the forest of Minnesota with a sun. I think it's really cool. The color's probably less than desirable, but I think this the logo just looks cool. It has a forest in it. In the bear. Come on now. Fourth, the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings is just a classic logo. It's just it, everyone... You see the Red Wings. I think people outside of hockey wear Red Wings stuff because it's just that good of a logo. If your logo can be worn outside of things, like outside of your sport fandom, I think that's a strong, strong logo. I mean, I see that logo. I think Affairs Bueller's Day Off. I think of him wearing the jersey with the Red Wings thing on it. I think it's just a great, I think it's a great classic logo that's been around for a long time. And then the other team in S tier, The Nashville Predators. It's a saber-toothed tiger. I, growing up, saber-toothed tigers are sick. Sick. It's it's, it's a big cat. It was a big cat during the dinosaur age. It survived during the dinosaur age. It has a giant tooth. It's a predator. It's awesome. It looks sick. I think that's a good enough explanation. So those are my top five in S tier. I think they're all really strong. Like I said, if you want to look them up and judge for yourself, please do. I, I Those four, I think they're great. Now, moving on to A tier. We got the Boston Bruins. I think the, once again, I think black and gold is just a really strong combination. I just, straight up I do, and I think the Bruins have an iconic logo for it. It's one of those, I think, that, you know, it's... It's not the like most standout logo, but it's a classic. You have to. It's some sort of classic part about it. I think a Happy Gilmore with it. You know, I you know some of the sounding like oh I saw it in a movie. Well, I saw the I saw that one in a movie, but I don't have it in S tier because I mean I just think it's classic. I think the Oilers. I think the Oilers have a sneaky a sneaky strong one here. I you know I don't think. I think there's something on about the Oilers. Logo that I think is pretty good. Um, I got the Ottawa Senators. I think it's like a, it's a simple look on the senator. I think the old, the older Ottawa senator I wasn't as much of a fan of. Like they just kind of did this rebrand where they made it two D. It's flat. I think it's a strong logo. I think the red is a nice like you know bold. I'm here red, and then you got gold, and I'm I'm a sucker for gold as you'll see a little bit later here. We have the Vegas Knights there in the a tier. Once again, I think the night helmet is a good touch. You see the V there. It's Vegas. Um, I have the New York Islanders. I I think orange and blue is a good combo for a hockey team. I mean, they have the island there in the logo. Once again, there's a hockey stick. (laughs) Um, The New York Rangers, also the last team in A tier. The Rangers jerseys are awesome. One of my buddies is like, you always give me the shadow fonts, and sure enough, the Rangers get me with that shadow font. I think on the jersey it looks really good. I think it's just red, white, and blue is a really good color scheme that they have going on, and it's you know goes across this way. And I'll go on to B tier now. I got the Anaheim Ducks. Now, if they were running with the the mighty Ducks logo. A tier, or S tier, S tier, automatically, forget about it, Mighty Ducks are number one with the hockey mask duck, It don't even, come on now, come on now, let's talk about it, but the current logo, it's, it's an okay D, it's the foot, whatever, I like it, it just, the old one was just so much better. Then I have the Buffalo Sabres here in B. I think they could be the closest one to go to A. But I don't understand what the the swords really are on the little shield they have. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, I think it's a good logo. Good colors. Good blue. Blue and gold. Which transitions me to the blues. I mean, it's a simple blue note. It's a good color scheme. I I have no problem with it. That's why I have it in B. The Hurricanes. Now, the Hurricanes is weird because like, you can't always get that it's the Carolina Hurricanes from this logo. I mean, really, it's kind of like the Trailblazers logo in a sense, but I do like it. I mean, the red, white, or not red, white. Actually, yeah, red, white, and black is a different color scheme. You know, I, I don't think of red when I think of Hurricanes, obviously, I think of you know blue, but they did something different. I appreciate it. I, I think it's a cool, cool looking logo. The LA Kings, I think it's it's one of those that's kind of iconic. You think of Wayne Gretzky a little bit there, you know, for a little bit. They've won some titles. Stanley Cups here. Then I have the Canucks in that same tier, and the Capitals. Capitals one I could live without. But it's one of those I've just seen it a lot, I think it is a good logo. I mean, I think it does work well with the Washington Capitals, and, you know, I have no issues with it. I think it is a perfectly, like, B logo. It's good. Not a strong one, but it's good. Moving on to Tier C. Now, like I said, Tier C is kind of average. You have the Arizona Coyotes, which... I, I don't it looks like a coyote that wants to be shot. I don't blame them. I don't is I mean it's an Arizona coyote. They they're they're going to be playing in Arizona state this year. I, I I can't shake that from my head. Um there's the Calgary Flames. Now, the Calgary Flames isn't bad. I really like it a lot on like on their lo- like on their jerseys. It's just I think looking at the logo by itself it's not as strong. I mean, it's a simple, simple logo. It just has some flames on the back of the C. You know, not bad. It's just average. The Dallas Stars. I mean, it's a star with a D in it. I. It's just not. It's just not exciting. The green. I think it looks better on their jerseys. I think they, their old ones are better, but this, this logo's not bad. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. I'm looking at it. I'm moving them to hell tier. They were the Thrashers. They should have saved the Thrashers. The Thrashers logo is so much better than the just jet in a circle. So yeah, no, forget Winnipeg. Winnipeg goes to hell. Next up is the Lightning. Now, Lightning, there's not a lot you can do with it. I, blue and white. It's not a bad scheme, but the logo isn't exciting. It's a thunderbolt. Sure, I mean, it's just a. It's just an okay blue. Then the Toronto Maple Leafs, once again, it's just a leaf. Like It's not even like a cool leaf. It's not like a fake... They, it's not, they don't have a fake mascot that's holding a leaf. You know, it's just a leaf with Toronto Maple Leafs on it. It's kind of lame. Now, there's the Tier D, which... Tier D is just... I just don't... I'm not digging it. I'm not digging it. The Avalanche, I'm not digging it. I'm not digging the blue the weird maroon color i think it's a weird combo it just it doesn't look like an avalanche it looks like a cloud going around an a it's not it's nothing for me columbus blue jackets i I think the i think it stinks i mean really i mean it's just a star with flag coming around it i i I don't find it exciting. I don't find it innovative. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't like the logo. I just don't. Florida Panthers, I think the Florida Panthers had like a B tier logo. And then they did the thing that a lot of teams have done recently with making a shield or a circle out of their logo. They made a shield out of the Florida Panther. And I just, I'm not a fan. Got the flyers. I just I don't understand what it's supposed to be. I don't. It's a, it is an iconic one, kind of similar to how the red wings and blue bruins are. I just don't know what the, the logo is. And it's kind of a lame color scheme. I find it not entertaining. The Canadians, uh it's a C. Cool. <laughs> cool. Uh the Kraken logo. I understand what the Kraken logo is trying to do. I just don't dig it. It's like they tried so hard to make it an S that they didn't make it a true Kraken. And for that, I just can't give it good ranking. I just, and I think the, I don't think it looks good really on the jersey as much as I think it should. Now, it's an all right brand. It's an all right mascot. It's just, I'm not a fan. And then in hell tier. The New Jersey Devils. Come on, it's the devil. Are you kidding me? Or are you gonna rank the devil as an S tier? I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm I'm gonna just wear my little cross necklace. I'm not doing that. That isn't that's an awful idea. And then the Blackhawks. So the thing about the Blackhawks logo is I think it's good. I think it is A tier. But it's weird because here's my beef. When the Predators would play the Blackhawks. I could tell, or I couldn't tell when it sent me the final score and it said Predators beat the Hawks. Are, I don't, are they going by the Hawks now or are they the Blackhawks? Why is Bleacher Report censoring the name Blackhawks? I understand why. I'm not going to get into that. But like, you know what I'm saying here? Either like commit to a different name, change the look, do something, do something. Double down like the Braves have, or convert to some weird, awful name like the Commanders. Don't sit in this little medium in between of, we're the Hawks or the Blackhawks. Do something. Make a decision. I don't, like, come on. If you're going to be the Blackhawks, be the Blackhawks. I Just come on now. I think they should just be the Blackhawks, but what do I know? But other than that, I think the logo is strong. It's just I'm, I'm gonna leave it in that tier because I don't think it deserves to be above. Just, just decide. And so that'll be our first tier we've done. Look at that. We'll do some different tiers coming up. Well, I might do some different logo tiers. I might do like NBA, NFL. People might hate the NFL one. I might I might make some people mad with that NFL one. That that'd be fun. Uh, MLB logos. Ooh, I'll make some MLB people mad because the Yankees logo will be in hell just because. Just because it's New York. <laughs> just, just because I can. Just because I have that power as host. So, yeah, that'll be a fun – that's a fun segment we'll do. There's some different bracket fights we can do. I'll explain through that when we get to that. Um, but I think this has been a pretty successful show. I think we've gone over a lot. We've talked about a lot of issues in the world. You know, we've talked through some football, um, some baseball. Basketball has summer league going on, so don't worry about that. We'll talk about that if anything cool happens. But yes, make sure to subscribe, like, tell your friends. We're in for a lot of fun shows here. I'll make sure to get some guests on, have some good talks. We'll talk about whatever discussion topic things they want. We'll dive into a bunch of stuff outside of sports, but you know, get the backbone here tonight and, you know, we'll see, we'll see what different hosts we might have or guests, not hosts, but guests, you know, and looking forward to next time. So make sure to like subscribe, share with your friends, family, anyone. I appreciate it. I'm your host, Luke's coach signing off. <laughs>